The UEFA Champions League continued on Wednesday with a Real Madrid old boy, the architect of their defeat to Paris Saint-Germain. It's Di Maria! It's 2-0! It's Angel Di Maria at the double and it's absolutely brilliant with his left foot. Paris went on to score a third. Juventus had a two-goal advantage against Atletico, but they couldn't hang on. Oh, it's in! Atletico have snatched an equaliser in the final 30 seconds. Herrera and Jimenez went up together. It's Herrera that's claiming it. And Atletico dramatically a level. Can you believe it? Meanwhile, Tottenham let a lead slip in Greece. Mathieu Valbuena scores for Olympiakos. They've come from 2-0 down to equalise against last season's beaten finalists. Elsewhere, there were match day one victories for Bayern, Manchester City, Dinamo Zagreb and Lokomotiv Moskva. We've got incisive analysis and key reaction to Wednesday night's matches, including you'll hear from Harry Kane and Mauricio Pochettino. So stay with us right here on UEFA Champions League Match Day Live and the official Champions League podcast. Welcome to the show with myself, Chris Parrots, and the European football expert, Andy Brassel, is alongside me. Well, as soon as the fixtures and the draw were made, you looked at tonight's action and you thought there's some big contenders on show and a couple of them really impressed. That's right. And Paris Saint-Germain, perhaps not just because of the stage at which they've gone out over the last couple of seasons, uh, but the manner in which they've gone out over the last couple of seasons, kind of a little underrated amongst the favourites and well they laid down a marker tonight without Kylian Mbappe without Edinson Cavani without Neymar of course what three players to miss but they really showed there was substance behind the style especially with the way they played in midfield um, Idrissa Garnagay was absolutely fantastic so was Marquinhos Marco Verratti we expect that from him every time they play in the Champions League and of course Angel Di Maria stepping up and as match day one as a whole because Tuesday night there were some very tasty fixtures and great storylines as well. Yeah, there really were and um, I think you look at some of the underdogs, Slavia Prague really catching the eye for, for what they did in, in Inter, unlucky not to, not to hold on there. Um, Leipzig, really interesting start for them as well at um, Benfica. Certainly was. For details and analysis on Tuesday's matches, uh, make sure you download the previous edition of this official UEFA Champions League podcast, the Tuesday special. We're going to concentrate on Wednesday's games and here are Wednesday night's results. In Group A, Paris Saint-Germain 3, Real Madrid 0, Club Brugge 0, Galatasaray 0. Group B, Olympiakos 2, Tottenham 2, Bayern 3, Savena Zvezda 0. In Group C, Dinamo Zagreb, a thumping 4-0 win against debutants Atalanta. And Shakhtar Donetsk, nil, Manchester City, 3. And in Group D, Atletico, 2, Juventus, 2, Leverkusen, 1, Lokomotiv, Moskva, 2. Let's start our review of Wednesday's action at the Parc de Prince. Where else could we start? Where Paris Saint-Germain hosted Real Madrid. This was watched from Match Day Live by John Bradley. Marquinhos with the header forward on towards Bernat. Now corner of the penalty area. Mauro Icardi into the box. Goes. Oh, brilliant. What a goal. It's stabbed in by Angel Di Maria. It was just an instinctive toe poke. 
quickly. Courtois didn't have his chance at the near post. It's Paris Saint-Germain 1, Real Madrid 0. And Paris Saint-Germain are coming again. It's Di Maria! It's 2-0! It's Angel Di Maria and the double. And it's absolutely brilliant with his left foot. And Mounier has the ball and he has support as well. And he helps it on. And there's a little dink. And it comes back from fullback to fullback in stoppage time at the end of the game. No Cavani, no Neymar, no Mbappe. So the two fullbacks go the full length of the field and make it Paris Saint-Germain 3, Real Madrid 0. Thomas Mounier. John Bradley joins us now. The perfect ending for, for Paris to pretty much the perfect night and performance. Yeah, laid down a real marker there. And I recall last season when they lost on match day one at Liverpool and then they beat Liverpool at home uh, on match day five. And the celebrations after the game were, were absolutely huge. Pictures of the players together behind the goal. Tonight, all about business. Job done, shake hands with the opposition and off you go. Really good performance without the likes of, as we heard then, Neymar, Mbappe, Cavani. And they handled it very, very well with a thoroughly professional performance. They went for Real Madrid early on from the first whistle and never allowed Real Madrid into the game. Real Madrid didn't have a shot on target in the match. And I think that says a lot about what we've seen from, from Paris in this game. We all know Paris Saint-Germain's burning ambition to win this competition for the first time. Andy Brassel fallen um, in the last 16 for the last few years four quarter-final exits before that. Um, they've been great in the group stage before and then ultimately haven't taken that next step. Um, what did you see from them at the Parc de Prince to suggest that perhaps, I don't know, perhaps this could be their year when they can go that stretch further? We saw substance. We saw progression, certainly in terms of uh, the solidity of the team and certainly the composition of the midfield. And we saw strength in depth, of course, without the three big guns and the fact that you have players of the quality of Mauro Icardi to come in, uh, Pablo Sarabia, which I think shows what uh, a sensible and productive transfer window they have, and of course, Angel Di Maria, a player who's always been underrated since the arrival of Neymar, has been suggested to, to push him out at various turns. Paris Saint-Germain shouldn't want to do without him. They don't want to do without him. And he steps up at the biggest moments and he scores more goals than you think. Yeah, September statements don't mean anything in terms of the UEFA Champions League. It's having that edge when you get to the mm. to the uh, knockout phase. But Thomas Tuchel sent out his side to, to do a job in this game and they did their job to a man. No surprise that Real Madrid missed the suspended Sergio Ramos and, and Luka Modric, who was out as well. But were you surprised by how much they missed those two players? The worst away defeat in the UEFA Champions League since they, they lost at Liverpool 4-0 mm. in 2009. So, I mean, that, I think that says everything about their performance tonight. Um, I don't think they played badly. I just think they lack cohesion and organisation in the key areas. And that obviously is what Ramos does and what Ramos gives them. Ede Milicao's just settling into life at Real Madrid. Massive pressure. It's, it's completely different than playing for, for Porto where he was last season. Um, Varane's world-class but he's a world-class organiser. And, and Carvajal and, and Ferland Mondi, of course, the others at the back. But they were also absolutely zipped around in midfield. The, the Paris Saint-Germain were just too quick and sprightly for them. Simple as that. They did have two goals disallowed correctly, Real Madrid. Gareth Bale would have added to his collection of great <laughs> Champions League strikes and, and Karim Benzema in the second half as well. So I think it's worth saying as well, Chris, that, that they just didn't get those little lucky breaks. Had they got the break... Yeah. 
for Bale, which is unfortunate the ball just brushes his arm on the way down. If you get those breaks, that's the difference between getting something perhaps out of a game. But they were already 2 0 down, but they didn't get those little breaks they were looking for. But, you know, they were well beaten in the end. And we've seen sometimes when Paris Saint-Germain concede one against big teams in the Champions League, the whole atmosphere can change, but they never had to deal with that pressure. Um, so Paris Saint-Germain with a thumping 3-0 win. Elsewhere in Group A, it finished Club Brugge nil, Galatasaray nil. A couple of uh, early chances apiece, including Ryan Babel, who was denied one-on-one. So it's Paris Saint-Germain sitting pretty at the top of the section with three points. Real Madrid... Very early stages, bottom of course, without any points at all. And next up on match day two, Tuesday the 1st of October, Real Madrid welcome Club Brugge to the Bernabeu. And Paris Saint-Germain, this will be another test, face a trip to Galatasaray. That should be some evening in Istanbul. Right, to Group D next with Atletico taking on Juventus at the Metropolitano. Another huge match day one encounter. Jonathan Beck was your commentator. Quadrado, right-hand side of the area, one step over, left-footed shot, oh, that is sensational! It's exactly what the game needed, and Juventus lead by a goal to nil, and Juventus are forward with Alexandro. Oh, good cross, oh, and it's two! Fabulous ball, and Matuidi makes it Atletico nil, Juventus two! Free-kick Atletico, 69 minutes on the clock, they need to be the one scoring first, they've risen well, oh, they've got one! Stefan Savic has got one back, and Atletico Madrid are back in the game. It's Atletico one, Juventus two, Atletico corner. Trippier with it, left-hand side, 30 seconds to go. Jimenez the target, he's got there, oh, it's in! Atletico have snatched an equaliser, 2-2. Well, he provided that vital assist, Kieran Trippier, we can hear from him now. He was disappointed with the way Atletico conceded the two goals. Two good teams going all out for the win, uh, two fantastic teams, but we're disappointed with the way we conceded the goals, but um, the, the team spirit and the belief of our team is incredible today and to come back uh, to score two goals and, you know, could have scored a few more. Joined by Jonathan Beck, um, quite the evening. Juve, of course, famously came back in the last 16 last season. Um, Atletico got a bit of revenge, if you like, even if it's only the group stage. Yeah, a little bit of revenge, but it's uh, a point where one didn't look likely until that last-minute header. In fact, had uh, Ronaldo managed to put a really good chance away just before that, that would have been 3-1. They also had an effort from Matuidi cleared off the line by Trippier when it had beaten Jan Black. So, you know, the game turns on such moments like that. As John mentioned, you know, getting your mojo together and getting the, the right groove in the, the latter stages, the knockout stages is important. But laying down a marker, particularly when you've yourself thrown away a two-goal lead to lose 3-2 on aggregate to the same opponents and go out of the Champions League six months ago, then it's important to make a reaction, particularly as they'd also lost at the weekend, you know, away at Real Sociedad, which ended their... 100% start to the season, which had seen them lead the way in La Liga. Juventus had seen 560 days at the top of Serie A, ended by their goalless draw at Fiorentina. So they had motivation and they'll be annoyed with themselves at the way they weren't able, as an Italian team and famously good at defending, they weren't able to hold out again. Atletico just never know when they're beaten, do they? And Jonathan, what a moment for Hector Herrera. Not played a single minute for Atletico before tonight, which is the subject of, of, of quite a lot of chat in the Madrid, Madrid press. People wonder what sort of condition he would be in because he's not played a match at all since May. 
and he came up big in a huge atmosphere. Yeah, he did. I mean, he might have had a little bit of help with the international break, which gave him action against the Argentina in that defeat and then the win against USA. But yeah, I mean, after all he did at Porto, seeing him uh, sit on the bench and just twiddle his thumbs, he must have been frustrated himself. So what a way to make a statement. He didn't get too much time. He came on fairly late in the second period. But, you know, maybe this is the start of something decent for him. Andy, you know when you see a player for a new team and you just think, yeah, that's a good fit. And when I saw Herrera celebrating, I thought, he's a good fit for Diego Simeone, isn't he? He's exactly the type of player that you can see really excelling for Atletico. In three words, he likes running. <laughs> he does. Um, uh, Jonathan, you mentioned the celebrations um, earlier from Diego Simeone. It's only match day one, but you could, you could tell what it meant to him and his team to have fought back against such a big, strong opponent. Yeah, I think so, certainly. I mean, he's a man who's experienced playing against Juventus uh, during his career in Serie A with Inter and Pisa and Lazio as well. So he knows what it takes uh, to, to sort of break down such a resolute kind of thing. And he knows what it takes as well, you know, for a side that, that like to play on the underdog role. They like to, you know, build that kind of togetherness, that team spirit, that us against the world sort of mentality and, you know, having that knocked by a defeat, surprise defeat to a much remodeled Real Sociedad side was probably, you know, a real motivating factor. And when they were 2-0 down and to come back at 2-2, you know, that bodes really well. The next round of games, Juve hosting Leverkusen, Atletico going to Lokomotiv, who won so impressively tonight after Bayer Leverkusen's mistakes. You know, they're going to be interesting games. You would say that the Atletico and Juve would come out on top in those two, and you'd expect those two to come out on top in the group, of course, when it comes down to form and pedigree. But, as we've seen tonight, you never know. The Russians winning away in Germany, what should have been a difficult game. So we'll have to wait and see. Certainly will. Um, we know exactly what to expect from Diego Simeone, Maurizio Sarri, of course, only a couple of months into his Juve project. Did we get any pointers as to how they're going to look going forward in the Champions League? Well, I think if you look at the second half, then they'll probably be a lot more pleased with how things happened and how things flowed going forward. They were much more incisive. Atletico, after the first goal, had to move out a little bit and did give them space. They're notoriously difficult to break down if they don't do that. But once uh, Quadrado had curled one in, then they managed to look a little more fluid. Still not quite there in the first half, though. But as uh, Andy mentioned earlier in the programme, you know, they have the likes of Ramsey on the bench who came on for a late cameo. Dybala looked sharp when he came on, and he will feel he has a point to prove as well after, I think, eight or nine minutes of action so far. Still Rabiot, too, who didn't get on. So there are people there that can start to be a little bit more dynamic in midfield and, and maybe provide that platform because the, uh, the midfield today, the one that started at least, just wasn't quite providing that rap platform for them. Kadira, Matuidi and Pjanic, I mean, in, you know, in, there's plenty of reports that suggested all three of those, if not one or two, would have been on their way this summer. But Sarri seems to rely on them, like them. Kadira, you know, is in there again. Pjanic and Matuidi are in there again. And, and who knows if they do start to be a little bit more dynamic, maybe they can play a part over the long course of the season. Absolutely. So 2-2 in that game in Group D. The other, as Jonathan mentioned, big win this. Wonderful story for Lokomotiv Moskva. The Russian side winning away at Leverkusen. Took the lead through Gregor Krikoviak. Benedikt Hervede's own goal made it 1-1. But the winner scored on 37 minutes from Baranov. Enough for Yuri Semin and his side to pick up a very, very good victory. Both coaches before that game admitted they were properly in a battle for third place. Well, maybe Lokomotiv will fancy their chances a bit more, given they currently sit pretty at the top.
Next up, Juve against Leverkusen. Locomotive host Atletico on the 1st of October. To Group B next, where last season's finalists Tottenham were in Greece to face Olympiakos in our early commentary match. Watching for us, Richard Connolly. Through his man, oh penalty! Harry Kane's gone past his man. He's been brought down by Meria Kane for last season's finalists from the spot. Listen to the noise. Here comes Kane and he scores. Left hand side. Here's Lucas Moura. Takes it on, fires and scores. And Spurs did catch Olympiakos out that time. Olympiakos nil. Tottenham Hotspur two. Valbuena has found Podenza with a lovely bit turn ball and what a super goal that is for Olympiakos. Then the interception by Bukalakis, then the penalty for Olympiakos. It's Valbuena for Olympiakos. Mathieu Valbuena scores. They've come from 2-0 down to equalise against last season's beaten finalists. Really was a great game this. Let's hear reaction from the Tottenham camp now. In a moment, Mauricio Pochettino. First, Harry Kane. We put ourselves in a great position, but yeah, obviously the goal before half-time changed the momentum. So yeah, we've got, we got to get better. We didn't play too well in the first half, but we scored two goals. So away from home is not bad. But yeah, overall we're disappointed because it's a game that we want to be winning. But yeah, we have to look back and, and try and improve. The key is how we allow, how we concede the first goal, how we concede the first uh, few chances. Uh, and then it's so important to, to say that it was a tough uh, atmosphere. We play with nearly 30, 30 degrees. Uh, it was difficult. It's not an excuse, but um, no, it was, wasn't an easy game. And, and then we need to give the credit to Olympiacos. Tottenham, I think we heard from Harry Kane and Mauricio Pochettino there, excepting they weren't quite at their fluent best. Um, they need their Danish playmaker to be at his best, don't they? If you know They had enough to score two goals, but Tottenham, had they been at their free-flowing might just have expected to score a few more. Yeah, they, they might have done, but I think in their defence, um, they, they still had a couple of chances when it was 2-2. And Olympiakos, having made a huge emotional effort to get back into the game, looked like they could have lost it in the last five minutes or so. Uh, there are a couple of chances for Tottenham. So I think Spurs will look at that, know the standards they've set in the UEFA Champions League, know that they had a two-goal lead, but think, you know what? We, we didn't play that well and we still got a point from a very, very difficult place to go. And remember last season they had only one point after three group games and they managed to make it through and go all the way to the <laughs> final. So they're already at that stage after one point. But it is a difficult group, Group B. Elsewhere in the section, Bayern were 3-0 winners against Savena Zvezda. So they were made to sweat for a bit, but in the end, the power. And after Kingsley Coman got the opener, some, uh, some Bayern goal scores that you might not be too surprised about. That's right, Lewandowski and Müller. Uh... <laughs> That popping up again, but uh, really the pivotal moment was when it was at 1-0. Good, good chance for Marco Marin on his return to Germany. Uh, the Srivena the captain, had a great shot from outside the box. Didn't just quite bend enough. It was good effort, but didn't quite bend enough to go inside Manuel Neuer's far post. And from there, they tired a little bit, the visitors, and uh, Bayern were able to streak clear. Absolutely no disgrace, because Bayern are now unbeaten in 16 home group games they've won 15 of them so wow. Savannah Zvezda will be looking forward to playing them in Belgrade where the atmosphere will be very special um, on match day two how about this Tottenham against Bayern at the new Tottenham Stadium that one is going to be a belter and Savannah Zvezda 
host Olympiacos at the Maracana. So we'll see how those two games go. On to Group C, another 3-0 win. This time it was for Manchester City. Um, all the talk in the build-up was the fact, Sandy, that they had one fit centre-back, Nicolas Otamendi. Fernandinho was going to play at centre-half. Um, in the end, it didn't matter. They were supremely impressive. Yeah, it could have been a lot more. And uh, as Fernandinho said afterwards, he said it was a quiet night for the defence. I think the team made a very good game, starting with the guys up front who closed the spaces. So it was a team effort defending, and they're going to need that, aren't they, over the, the next little while. Fernandinho continued. At the back, it was a bit easier for us, but for sure we played today as a team. We deserved the result. We were better, and we created a lot of chances and conceded few to them. Well, let's hear from one of the goal scorers, Ilke Gundogan now. Yeah, we're very happy, first of all, about the result, but then also about uh, the way we've created that result. And um, we know from the last years um, to play here against a very strong Shakhtar team is, is not easy at all, but um, we did it quite well. Um, obviously, Shakhtar is always able to create also something, but I think we controlled them quite well, created a lot of chances, scored three goals and all in, all in one, we are very happy of today. So Gundogan got the second after 38 minutes. Riyad Mahrez got the opener on 24 minutes and Gabriel Jesus finished things off 14 minutes from time. Sergio Aguero, by the way, didn't even get on. Nice to give him a bit of a rest. Elsewhere in Group C, Atalanta went one better. Sorry, they went one worse. They were thumped 4-0 by Dinamo Zagreb. An incredibly impressive hat-trick by Mislav Orsic on his group stage debut. Great night for Dinamo Zagreb. 4-0 winners. Next up, City against Dinamo and Atalanta against Shakhtar. That is about all we have time for on a big Champions League night. A great evening for Paris Saint-Germain who thumped Real Madrid. And what a night that was between Atletico and Juve. We're back on Tuesday, 1st of October. Until then, from myself, Chris Parrott, and from the whole Match Day Live team, it's a very good night. It's Valbuena for Olympiacos. A chance to equalise. Mathieu Valbuena scores for Olympiacos. They've come from 2-0 down to equalise against last season's beaten finalists. And they will say they deserve it. And Mounier has the ball and he has support as well. And he helps it on and there's a little dink and it comes back from fullback to fullback in stoppage time at the end of the game. How about that? No Cavani, no Neymar, no Mbappe. So the two fullbacks go the full length of the field and make it Paris Saint-Germain 3, Real Madrid nil. Thomas Mounier. Atletico corner, Trippier with it, left-hand side, 30 seconds to go. Jimenez the target, he's got there, oh, it's in! Atletico have snatched an equaliser in the final 30 seconds. The Metropolitano erupts and Diego Simeone's men have surely snatched a point 2-2. You've been listening to UEFA Champions League Matchday Live.